For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where we post all of our baseball and fantasy baseball content, podcasts, articles, and everything else we got going on over there. You can check us out, E-T-H-O-S-FantasyBB. And also at sportsethos.com, if you're not somebody who uses Twitter, you can go check out all of our content over there as well. Not just baseball, of course. We got basketball, hockey, football, everything going on, DFS, wagering, team coverage. Go check it out for yourself and explore the website, sportsethos.com. Today, we are going to be looking at my rest of season rankings. We're going to be going through catcher and first base. I was tweeting it out earlier today. I tweeted out everything from catcher all the way to outfield. I did a top 12, and my notifications have been just crazy all day, people disagreeing with me, specifically about a couple things. One of them we're going to talk about tomorrow, so I'll leave that one. Uh, but we went through uh, I went through catcher first, second, third, short, and outfield, just a top 12 uh, earlier today. So you can go check that out at JoeRico99. And we're going to be talking just specifically about catcher and first base today and my reasoning for my rankings, I'm also going to be looking at my rankings from the preseason that I updated literally the day before, or maybe the day uh, that games actually started, March 30th, I believe. And we're going to be comparing those rankings to where I have these guys ranked now. So let's start with catcher. Let's start with the backstops. We're going to be talking number one here, Dalton Varsho. He is my number one catcher for the rest of the season. He was my number two catcher coming into the year. There's a lot to really like about Dalton Varsho. He's playing every single day in the middle of a very good lineup. And I know it's been a rather disappointing lineup in terms of maybe where they are in the in the standings. And I understand that specifically as a Blue Jays fan. Trust me, I, I get that. But in all reality, you know, they're second in hits. They're second in batting average, third in on-base percentage. They're 12th in home runs, which is a little bit of a disappointment. And I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is definitely a part of that. We're going to talk about him a little bit later on. But overall, they're still a very, very good offensive team. you got a guy in Dalton Varsho who, to this point, 11 homers, 9 stolen bases, a two thirty one batting average. It's about what we were expecting from last year when he was incredibly valuable, and it's roughly the same kind of pace we're looking at here when he finished with 27-16 and a two thirty five batting average. The reason I flip-flopped him with J3 Real Muto is because Real Muto is really not doing that well himself either. Now, recently, he's come around a little bit. But in general, we're not seeing the same kind of power that we've seen from Varsho. He's got 11 home runs to Real Muto's six. He's scoring more runs than him, 33 to 26. He has more RBIs, which I know that kind of does fluctuate. Uh, he has the same amount of steals, and the batting average is a little bit lower uh, for Varsho compared to Real Muto, who is my number two catcher. That was the flip-flop that I did. Uh, that was the big one at the top there. I don't even really think it's that hot of a take, though. Uh, I think Real Muto is still really great. I mean, he's one of only a couple of catchers 
like Varsho, who does provide that same kind of stolen base power kind of combo. There's not really a lot of that going on. Um, and those two do it pretty consistently. Varsho is playing a little bit more uh, regularly, though, because he's not playing behind the plate with still having catcher eligibility. So I give him the edge there. He'll get the edge in counting stats also because the Blue Jays lineup is a lot superior to what we've seen out in Philadelphia so far this season. They've been rather disappointing as a whole offensively. Uh, number three, we got Will Smith. That's the same as it was preseason for me. Will Smith, really just as solid as they come in terms of catchers. He's at this point of the season, uh, if you're looking at like Yahoo rankings, uh, he is 116th overall in just standard head-to-head leagues. He's doing what you're expecting him to do. 10 homers, 35 RBIs. He's got a 290 batting average. He's playing very, very regularly, batting third in that really strong Dodgers lineup. Not much to see here. He's the same position where I had him before the season. He's going to probably do pretty much exactly what he did last year and potentially, you know, maybe beat out that 260 batting average that he had last season. He had 24 homers and 87 RBIs uh, to go along with 68 runs. So maybe he doesn't quite get to 87 RBIs, but I'd be surprised if he doesn't beat out last season's home run and run total. Uh, it's, it's probably going to be fairly close with the home runs, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him get the 25 to go along with maybe a 275 average. So there's a lot to like there. The reason he's behind the first two guys, of course, is because of the lack of stolen bases that you'll get out of Will Smith. But he is still just about as solid as they come uh, for behind the plate. Now, number four, this is the big, the first big kind of movement that uh, I have in my rankings from the preseason. Sean Murphy, I've put up at number four. He was number 10 in my final update in the preseason. I've loved what I've seen. Everybody's loved what they've seen out of Sean Murphy. I wish I had more shares. I actually, do I even, I know I don't actually don't even have one. I had him in one league and I traded him away um, when his value was starting to peak a little bit, I thought. Uh, and he's still been fantastic. And I got a, a fairly decent return from what I remember in that trade. It's hard to keep track when you're in as many leagues as I am. But Sean Murphy has been what you've expected and even more of uh, coming to Atlanta. He's got 12 home runs. Last year, he only had 18. You know, he has 31 runs. Last year, he had 67. His RBI total is already at 42, where last year he had 66. He's raised his batting average, and that has stuck. You know, he has a 281 batting average over this last month. It is also over 300. You know, somebody mentioned in the on Twitter that he's, you know, he's going to start losing at bats. I don't really see that. You know, he got an off day earlier this week. He's going to get off days. You know, uh, somebody else pointed out in the comments, like a day game after a night game, he'll get an off day and the odd maintenance day. But that's not enough for me to justify having him any lower than where I have him. He is doing amazing things in the middle of a lineup that is really, really good. So. I have no problem having him as my number four catcher uh, for the rest of the season. Number five, I got Adley Rutschman. He's actually right where I had him preseason. He's doing what you're hoping. He's doing what you would expect him to do. He's got eight homers, 28 ribbies, a 276 batting average. That Orioles lineup is fantastic. That Orioles lineup, uh, you know, as a Blue Jay fan watching yesterday's game, you saw firsthand what they can do even without Cedric Mullins. They are an absolute powerhouse, and they are going to be amazing for years to come. With their system in the minors is still absolutely jam-packed with talent so there's no doubt in my mind that the Orioles are going to be a team that potentially competes for World Series for years to come and Rutschman's going to be a core of that team and we're seeing it here of uh, last year we saw it over the course of you know almost 400 at bats what he was capable of and this season we're seeing more of the same we haven't seen him steal a base yet but that hasn't really you know knocked him down so much at all in terms of what we were expecting we weren't really hoping for that many you know maybe you're hoping for a handful maybe he'll end up with a couple I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up with maybe one or two but at the end of the day, that's not going to stop you from having value when you're somebody who is 
you know, looking like you could potentially go for 20 homers, batting somewhere close to 300, which is pretty damn rare when you're talking about catchers. So definitely a big fan of Adley. Uh, it sucks that he's in the division as my Blue Jays, uh, the same division as my Blue Jays. But he is an absolute talent, and you got to love what you're seeing out of him. Number six, I got – this one might be a considered a little bit of a hot take. It's Francisco Alvarez, and I've pushed him up quite a bit now in the preseason – I was, you know, not really that high on him because I wasn't really sure how long he would take to come up, if he would come up at all. I ranked him as my 31st catcher, and I really messed up there. I wish I'd ranked him higher. But regardless, at this point, he is number six for me. What he has done recently is just ridiculous. He's got so much power. He's just been carrying the cover off the ball over the last month. He has nine homers, 19 RBIs. Now, the batting average isn't great. Generally, batting average isn't great for a lot of catchers unless you're getting past those first couple guys at the top there. Real Muto, usually pretty good. Smith, pretty good. Uh, Murphy's been really good. Rutschman. There's not a lot of great guys other than maybe one or two more that we're going to talk about where you're getting great batting average. So that doesn't really kill you so much. He's batting 236 on the season. He's getting regular at-bats in the middle of this lineup. He's been batting second recently. Now he is uh, slated to bat fifth tonight, but recently he has been in the number two hole for the Mets, who, yes, as a whole, fairly disappointing team, but you know, you're still looking at the pieces in that offense, especially once Pete Alonso comes back. There's a lot of room for there to be uh, a lot of great counting stats, especially with the power he has, uh, even though he's not going to play a whole season. He's got 12 homers and 144 at-bats. Uh, you know, he's going to potentially put up, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he goes on a really hot streak and gives you close to 30 home runs this season. He is that good, and I really, really like what we're seeing out of him. I wish I'd ranked him higher coming into the year. Next up, Sal Perez, Salvador Perez. He is number seven, which is exactly where I had him uh, in the preseason as well. I didn't feel any real need to move him. Uh, he's doing what you were pretty much expecting. He's got 14 homers. He's got 32 runs, 37 ribbies. He's batting 275. Now, the lineup that he's in, for me, limits my wanting to move him up any higher than I had him before the season. Some people might think it's kind of a hot take to have Francisco Alvarez over him, but I think the power is just as good, if not greater. You know, he's got the 12 homers and 144 at-bats. Sal Perez has 14 homers and 240 at-bats in a much inferior lineup. He's going to give you better batting average, but I think I'll take that likely trade-off of more counting stats to go along with what is probably going to be even a little bit more power than Sal Perez, which is crazy to say. But that's the way we're trending with Francisco Alvarez. I mean, if he's able to keep this up, which it looks like he's potentially going to be able to, uh, you're probably going to see a fairly similar home run total in what is, you know, over the long run, going to be a much better lineup in New York than you're going to see out in Kansas City. So I really like what Sal Perez is doing, but just how bad Kansas City has been. They're actually now worse than Oakland. They are they are worse than Oakland. They're 30th in on-base percentage. They are 24th in hits, 28th in runs per game. They are 24th in home runs. They're not really doing anything offensively and you know Sal Perez still a great hitter he still managed to have 37 RBIs and 32 runs at this point I just think the upside is fairly capped there so I'll leave him at seven right where I had him uh, before the season next up we got Tyler Stevenson Tyler Stevenson has moved down a little bit for me he was number six before the season I got him now at number eight again I, I really like Tyler Stevenson, I have him in a couple leagues. I have him in my home league, uh, which is a 10-team league, and I've held on to him. And now he's starting to really turn it around recently, and I've also got him in a couple of 15-team uh, leagues where there's two catchers. Uh, but what I've seen out of him recently has been really good over this last week. He's scoring more runs, or he's driving in more runs, I should say. Uh, he also hit a home run, a couple home runs recently. 
And, you know, I think the batting average is something that's a key with him. He's only batting 249 for the season. That's something that you can expect to get a lot better. He's always been a guy who is able to hit close to 300. One of those guys, like I mentioned earlier, there's few and far between who are catcher eligible or who play catcher at all who are capable of hitting close to 300 for you. Tyler Stevenson is one of those guys. I expect to see more of that going forward. This Reds lineup is incredibly exciting. They are phenomenal. He's still batting right, not in the, I guess, the direct middle. He's batting six most days, sometimes fifth. But that's still going to be in the position to drive in a lot of runs with all of that great young talent batting ahead of him. So no problem for me there, keeping him a fairly high ranking at number eight, not quite as high as I had him before the season. It was a very slow start, and you do have to factor that in, that he does only have the four home runs so far this season. Granted, two of them in the last two weeks, but I, I'm, I'm comfortable. I should say I'm comfortable where I have him here at, at number eight. Next up, Jonah Heim. He is number nine for me. I had him at number 20 before the season. I was a little bit too low on him. Admittedly, he has done incredibly well so far this season. In fact, if you look at most ranking uh, systems, player rankers, uh, they will tell you that he, to this point, has been arguably the most valuable catcher. Some of them might say Sean Murphy, uh, but to this point, if you're looking at uh, standard like Yahoo rankings, he's inside the top 75. He's got seven homers, 46 RBIs, 34 runs, a couple of steals even, and a 284 batting average. What he's done has been really, really impressive. I, for one, was not expecting it. I haven't really expected it to sustain. And granted, it's been a little bit colder over the last month. He only has one home run. He's batting 241. But batting in the middle of that lineup, which has been just incredibly good. I mean, I think people were expecting Texas to be pretty good. I don't think they were expecting this, right? Their first in runs, hits, average on base percentage. Their fourth in slugging, third in OPS, eighth in homers. They're doing everything except stealing. They're 30, excuse me, they're 25th in stealing uh, bases with only 36 on the season. But they're doing everything else at an exceptional rate. That lineup is just jam-packed with Semyon, Lau, Young, uh, Adelise. You know, you got Jonah Heim himself. You got Tavares doing him doing his thing. You got Corey Seager. You got Duran. They're just stacked. They're absolutely stacked. Uh, and you got to admire what they're doing. And Jonah Heim has been a huge part of that. I think, you know, you could argue that he should be a little bit higher. I'm just not sure he's going to sustain the exact same clip of home runs that we were seeing a little bit earlier on from him. But I think we're going to see a huge, huge RBI total. If you look at what he had last year, 406 at-bats, he had 48 RBIs. This year, in less than or nearly half the at-bats, uh, 211 at-bats, he has 46 RBIs compared to last year's 48. So you got to love what you're seeing. I'm just a little bit cautious maybe about the batting average sustaining, but I think those counting stats in the middle of that lineup will be good to go. So no problem here having him as my number nine catcher. Next up, at number 10, I got Alejandro Kirk. Before the season, I was very high on Kirk, and I was admittedly probably a little bit too high. I had him at number four, and he had to miss some time uh, before the season started. I forget what it was. His wife was pregnant for part of it, and I think there may have been some kind of injury that he had as well. Uh, so he was a little bit late in getting his prep ready for the season, and he struggled out of the gate. But recently, we have seen him uh, start to turn it around quite a bit uh, over the last two weeks. 39 at-bats, he's batting 282. If you look over the last month, his last 80 at-bats, he's got 25 hits, which is a 313 batting average. Now, the power hasn't really been there for him so far, only three home runs, but he's never really been a huge power guy. As much as you might like want to think so, being a big guy like he is, he's pretty small in stature. You know, he's like five foot eight, five foot nine. He's not, you know, gonna hit you a ton of home runs. So he only has three. Last year he had 14, and what was a very good season for him. He started the all-star game. As far as memory serves, again, I usually try and black out the All-Star game because it's not something I tend to enjoy. I don't like the way that the voting works and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, for the way it is, 
Kirk was in the All-Star game, and I believe he did start. He had a great season, 285 average, 63 ribbies, 59 runs, but he only had 14 homers. So you can't look at him and say that he's likely to be a 20-homer guy. I I thought before the season there was a chance we saw that, but it's more realistic to say he's probably going to be more in the neighborhood of the same number he had last year, probably about 15, because at some point he'll get very hot in terms of hitting the ball out of the yard. They did move the fences in a little bit at Rogers Center, and it hasn't done what they had hoped. I mean, last year... Uh, from what I read in an article today or yesterday, it was the most friendly park for right-handed hitters hitting home runs last season, the Rogers Center was. We haven't seen that so far this season. Rod- Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hasn't hit a home run at home. Uh, but we'll see it more over time, I believe, as the season progresses, that Kirk is going to start hitting the ball. Even if it's not at a large clip over the fence, we'll see close to 15 homers in the middle of what is a very, very good lineup. He is playing most days. He's not playing every single day, of course. Uh, he's splitting duties with Danny Jansen back there, but he's playing most days. This season, he has 169 at-bats. He's batting 266, but like I said, over the last uh, 30 days, over the last month, he's batting 313. And I think we're going to see more and more good return uh, from Alejandro Kirk. So if you're holding on to him, I would continue to hold on to him. I think we're going to see uh, a good rest of season output from him. Next up, this one was a little bit tricky, but I got Wilson Contreras here at number 11. I'm not ready to give up on him. I know a lot of people are very sick and tired of what he has given them to this point of the season. He's batting below 200. He's batting 198. He's got seven homers. He's got five stolen bases, 26 runs, 27 RBIs. It has not been a great season for Wilson Contreras. Now, before the season, I ranked him as number eight. So, yes, I have moved him down a few spots. But I just still feel very optimistic that even if the Cardinals don't fully turn it around the way that we might be hoping for, that he is going to definitely give you a better output than what we've seen so far. We have many years of knowing what he is. He's going to generally be a 200 or excuse me, like a 240, 250 kind of hitter. He's going to hit you 20 some odd home runs. And I think we'll see him more return to that form. It's been an awful month. There's been a lot of stress, I think coming in and trying to fill Yaddy Molina's shoes. But I think over time we will see him start to return to form in that lineup. I don't think he's going to be replaced. I think he is their guy. They just gave him a big contract. It's year one. I think they need to be patient. And I think over time we'll see that lineup get even better. And it's not even the worst lineup, you know. They're 10th in runs scored. They're 15th in batting average, which isn't great, but it's not terrible. They're 12th in OPS. They're 6th in home runs. They're, you know, they're, they're not terrible. So you're going to start to see more of a turnaround, I believe, in the second half from this Cardinals team. I think they'll go out and acquire another starting pitcher. I think we'll see a better rest of season output from their whole squad. And I think we'll see Contreras be a big part of that. So hold on. Uh, my advice would be to hold on if you still are. And most people are. He's still 84% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, but just don't be so ready to cut bait just yet. I'd understand benching him for a little while, but I wouldn't be someone who's ready to cut him just yet. Not, not even close, to be honest with you. Now, the last one we're going to go at here for catcher is MJ Melendez. Now, this is a tricky one because he has not been great this season. He's not been what we were expecting. He's got five homers, two steals. He's batting 217. Now, he does benefit from the fact that he is not someone who is playing catcher regularly. Now, he's playing in the outfield a lot of the time. He, to this point of the season, I'm going to just take a look actually and see uh, the splits. And by the way, before the season, I had him as number nine uh, in my outfield ranking. So I did put him probably just a touch too high. Now, what I do really like about him, in spite of the fact that it hasn't been a great season, like I said, he's playing every single day. Now, he's caught 10 times this season, which is good. He's going to probably retain eligibility in most formats for next year, which is definitely key. Uh, He's been in the outfield 51 times. But to this point of the season, it admittedly has not been great. I do think that it is pretty rare, especially at this point when you're getting down to this range of catcher rankings, to find guys who are, A, playing every day, 
be going to give you a you know power with some steals. Mo- most catchers don't give you any kind of speed. He does have two steals this season. His batting average is the same as it was last year at 217. It's not great. It's not ideal, but it kind of maybe should be what we were expecting from MJ Melendez. We were projecting, you know, a lot better maybe because we, you know, we kind of expect rookies in their second year after their rookie season, I should say, uh, to really take a big step forward. It doesn't always work like that. So I think he's, you know, going to generally probably give you close to what he gave you last year. And that was good production while playing almost every day with catcher and outfield eligibility. And I'd recommend, of course, playing him in the catcher slot. If you're using him in the outfield as one of your outfielders, you're probably mismanaging your roster. Um, but that is it for the catcher rankings. That is it for uh, 1 through 12. That's as deep as we're going to go here uh, for each position. But let's get into the next position here, which is first base. We got number one here, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is absolutely wonderful. Freddie Freeman is someone who I think should be in consideration for the number one pick when we talk about drafts next season. I know he's getting a little bit older, but we haven't seen him slow down at all. In fact, he's doing you know as well as we were seeing last year, which was a top five fantasy season we're seeing even better. You know, he only had 21 homers last season in the course of 612 at-bats. He's already got 13 in 266 at-bats this season. He's got 58 runs, 44 RBIs, 8 stolen bases. Last season, he only had 13. He's already got 8. And his batting average is up 10 points over what it was last season. He's at 335. Freddie Freeman is an absolute freak of nature. He is doing things that are just incredible. Uh, He is one of my absolute favorite players. Of course, he represents Canada which is a huge thing for me because there's not that many great Canadian baseball players. If you guys don't listen regularly, I am from Toronto. Freddie Freeman is Canadian American and he is just an absolute stud. You got to love what he does. World series champ. He's an MVP. He's just, he's just phenomenal. He is, you got to love him. And over the course of this season so far, according to Yahoo, he's the number two overall player behind only Ronald Acuna Jr. He is just exceptional before the season. I had him ranked as my number two first baseman, but I feel very, very comfortable in moving him up here to the number one slot at this point. Next up in the number two spot, I have Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt is wonderful. He was number four for me in my preseason rankings uh, for first baseman. But Paul Goldschmidt, he's just, you know, he's, he's ageless again, like Freddie Freeman is. He's coming off of his MVP season, which was probably a few years overdue. And this season, he's doing, you know, not the same things because last year was kind of just an anomaly, even for him, you know, as somebody who has made a career out of putting up just incredible, incredible season after season. Goldschmidt is just, honestly, I think Paul Goldschmidt is probably going to end up going to the Hall of Fame. Um, He's not going to do what he did last year again, necessarily with the way that the batting average was up, you know, close to 320. Uh, the way he drove in 115 RBIs, that's not going to happen. But he's still giving you, to this point of the season, 11 homers. He's got 44 runs, 31 ribbies. He's got seven steals, which is already what he had last year. He's already matched that total, which is huge. You know, in recent years, we haven't really seen him steal that much. He had 12 in 2021. Before that, the previous high for him was 18, which is back in 2017 with Arizona. So we haven't really seen those steals like we saw in his early, early seasons. We've seen it a little bit, which is still a plus, considering at first base, you're not really seeing it, right? There's not a lot of guys who are stealing at first base, especially like regular first baseman. There's some guys who might have first base eligibility, guys who play here and there. But in terms of regular first baseman, especially the studs, you're not really seeing that out of anybody, especially except uh, for Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt. And that's a decent part of the reason why they are at the top. Also, because they're very well-rounded fantasy players, they give you 
everything you're, that you're looking for, five category production across the board, and that you know has to mean something because there's not a lot of guys who are doing that. There's really pretty much nobody outside of these two guys. So Paul Goldschmidt, he did move up from my preseason ranking of four up to number two here, uh, right in behind Freddie Freeman. At number three, this one was tricky, but it's Pete Alonso. Now, even with Pete Alonso expected to miss the next probably three or four weeks, we're getting some pretty good news on him over the last couple of days. He was taking grounders on Tuesday already. Very soon after being put on the injured list, his last, you know, when he got injured, it was June 7th, I believe. So it's, we're only talking like a week, and he's already fielding grounders again. The timeline they gave was three to four weeks. You have to kind of hope, be on the optimistic side. Maybe you don't have to, but I'm going to choose to be optimistic and think that he's probably going to come back on the sooner end of that timeline, maybe in the three-week range. So I am optimistically putting him as the number three spot here. What he is doing... What he always does is remarkable. The power is crazy. 22 home runs already this season, 49 ribs, 41 runs. And like I was talking about earlier, when, when uh, talking about Francisco Alvarez, that lineup is going to be, you know, you have to assume it's going to be a lot better. They haven't even been that bad, but you have to assume once Alonzo comes back and, you know, Francisco Lindor starts doing more Francisco Lindor-like things, uh, you're going to see a lot better returns from that lineup. And you have to just expect that over time when there's that level of talent there. Once Alonzo's back, those counting stats are going to come back. That power is hopefully going to come back. You have to assume with the wrist, and I'm going to bank. You know, Again, I'm being optimistic here. Some people might say I'm being a little bit too bullish putting him as number three, but I think that's genu- generally where he should go. That was where I had him in the preseason as my number three first baseman. So we'll leave him where he is. I think that's a justified position for him here uh, for Pete Alonzo at number three. Number four, I got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <clears throat> now I was probably too high on him. Before the season, but at the same time, it was justifiable, I think, to to project that he was going to do you know incredible things after what we'd seen in his first couple of seasons last year it was kind of a quote unquote down year. He still batted two seventy four. He had thirty two homers. He stole eight bases. He was still incredible. This season, the power has gone away. Like I mentioned earlier, like I've talked about a few times, like I talked about on Twitter. I think I might have tweeted it out. He hasn't hit a home run at home this season. We're talking two and a half months into the season, and he hasn't hit a big fly at home. We're halfway through the year. When he does, it's going to be a big deal, and that's very sad that it's going to be a big deal when it happens because he's somebody that should have a lot more home runs than he has. I believe he's on pace for 23 home runs or something like that, which is just unacceptable. Um, So that's why he has lowered in my rankings. The power has not been there, which is not good. Now, he's still batting 283. He has three stolen bases. Again, like I mentioned earlier, getting stolen bases out of your stud or any first baseman that you're plugging in there, it's not really happening very often. If you're going to get what you're probably going to get out of Vladdy, which is probably like seven or eight steals, that's what he had last year, eight stolen bases. I think that's you know probably what he's going to give you again. That's very valuable uh, to go along with, even if it's not the same kind of power numbers we're looking, you know, we're maybe projecting out of him. He can still get hot, and I think he probably will at some point and end up with 30 home runs. Like, I think 30 home runs is probably where we're going to see him. It might be 25, and understandably, you might think 30 is maybe a bit too high of a projection. But I think that's probably what we're going to see over the course of the season. I'm not sure exactly what it'll be, but you have to lean towards the optimistic side, seeing as he almost hit 50 a couple years ago, seeing as last year. Again, when it was kind of a down year, he gave you 32 I think we're going to see, maybe if it doesn't return, like I said, to the same extent, but even 25 to 30 in that lineup to go along with, you know, you're talking close to 100 RBIs most likely. He's only got the 31 runs, so maybe the runs will suffer a little bit, but probably in the 80 range, 70 to 80 range to go along with a good batting average like he has, 283, and, you know, a good couple of stolen bases. So 
no problem for me keeping him at number four, which is, you know, maybe some people will say too high. Some people might say it's too low. I saw some rankings. I forget where they were that had him listed as number one still. I can understand the optimism, but I don't think it's realistic to think that he can be the number one uh, first baseman going forward. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I have had still uh, – I, I, you guys know I have a nagging cough if you listen regularly. Uh, and there's also all that bad smoke and whatever that's been in the air here in Canada for a while. So forgive me uh, for the clearing of the throat and the having uh, occasional sip of water and whatnot. But let's move on to number five. That's Matt Olson. Matt Olson has been fantastic. If you're looking at player rankers again, like I tend to look at for you guys mostly because I, I don't really look at the Yahoo ones for myself, for my own team moves. I tend to look more at Razball. But if you're looking at Yahoo, he is a top 35 player so far this season. 46 runs, 45 RBIs, just crazy numbers there. 18 home runs and a 232 batting average. It's a shame he's not hitting a bit higher. You know, you'd hope more for like a 260, 270 from Matt Olson. But he's doing pretty much what he did last year. He's going to, you know, probably surpass his home run total. It wouldn't shock me to see him go for 40. It looks like he's going to surpass his run total and give you the same rough number of RBIs, which was 103 last year. Wouldn't shock me at all to see him meet or surpass that. So no problem with Matt Olson at number five, which is where I had him coming into the season. Uh, not a lot to say there. He's doing pretty much what you're expecting. Maybe, again, hoping for a few points higher in the batting average department. But I'm still pretty happy with uh, with what I've seen out of him so far this season. Number 33, if you're just looking at head-to-head rankings uh, over on Yahoo. Pretty damn good. Number six, Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz, man, he has been incredible. Before the season, I had him ranked. Where did I have him ranked? Actually, you know what? He wasn't in my first base rankings. If I'm just I'm just looking at my fantasy pros rankings. He was uh, classified in my third base rankings. That's where I had him. Um, but right now he is number six for me. Uh, I can pull it up actually and see where I had him ranked for third base. He was number, no, it should, he was first base. It should be there. Uh, he was number 19 for me in my third base rankings. Maybe I just missed him somewhere potentially. Uh, no, he's not there for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he was there and there's something going on with the system, but at any rate, Yanny Diaz has been, uh, a dream come true if you drafted him, if you were maybe able to pick him up earlier in the season in shallower formats. 43 runs, 12 homers, 34 ribbies, and a 302 batting average. No stolen bases, but it, you know it's a small price to pay uh, when you're talking about a guy who is a top 40 player so far this season. He's been incredible. He's leading off for one of the best offenses in all of baseball. You could argue it is the best offense in all of baseball. Uh, if you look at their team rankings, they're second in runs, seventh in hits. Fifth in average, first in slugging, first in OPS, second in home runs, first in steals. Pretty rare to see a team that excels both in home runs and steals. You know, Texas is probably the number one offense, but you could make a case for Tampa as well. And Yandy Diaz at the top of that order has been a huge part of that. Uh, He does, like I mentioned before, first and third base eligibility. The power has been pretty legit this season. It slowed down a little bit, just two homers over the last month, but he's already surpassed his home run total from last season, which was only nine. He's already up to 12. So you got to love what you're seeing in that department from Yandy Diaz. I have no problem here uh, at number six in a rest of season first base ranking. Let's move on to number seven. Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe is someone I was fairly high on before the season. He was at number eight. I've got him up at number seven. He is also in the middle of that amazing Texas Rangers lineup. 
which has just been stupidly good. And again, he is one of the pretty much everybody in that lineup, honestly, who has crazy run and RBI total. Forty, uh, excuse me, forty-five runs and thirty-nine RBIs. Only eight homers, which is a little bit low, and maybe the two seventy-two batting average is a bit lower than you were hoping for. But those counting stats are going to be really, really crazy. You're going to see potentially 100 runs. You're going to see probably in the 80 to 90 RBI range. And you'll probably see about 20 homers. And you'll be able to definitely live with that. Even if he's giving you a 270 batting average instead of 300, it stings a little bit. But overall, he's still doing incredible things. I think number seven is a pretty reasonable ranking. Number eight before the year, but there was a couple of guys above him who have not performed particularly well. Jose Abreu and Vinny Pasquantino, they both moved down in my rankings. So I have no problem with Lowe being the best of the rest of the guys below there, uh, moving him up to number seven. Number eight, I got Christian Walker. He was number nine, right behind Lowe in my preseason rankings. He's doing pretty much what you were expecting out of him as well. You know, he's batting 261. He's got 37 runs scored, 12 homers, 39 RBIs. You're maybe hoping for a little bit more power, but he's still on pace for like close to 30 homers, 27, 28 home runs, whatever it would be right now, because we're about, I don't know, 40 some odd percent of the way through the year, about 70 games in. So we're just nearly halfway there. Uh, so you're looking at what he's got, 12 home runs. He's going to, you know, if you want to just double it and do it like that, which is not always the way to do it, but generally you're looking. It's not, not always the way to do it, but you know, you're, you're best off looking at like rest of season projections more likely, but at the end of the day, uh, it's kind of a crapshoot. No one really knows for sure. He's got 12 home runs and 238 at-bats. Last year, nearly 600 at-bats. He had 36 dingers, so it wouldn't shock me at all to see him get hot like we saw him do uh, at the end of last year and give you close to 30 again, 27 to 30 kind of range. He's in the middle of a great lineup. Arizona has been one of the best stories of the season, and he's been, again, a huge part of that. He's batting usually as a cleanup hitter in that lineup, which is huge. They're the top team in the National League West. They're better than the Dodgers. Offensively speaking, fourth in runs, third in hits, third in average, fifth in slugging, 13th in home runs, which is maybe a little bit lower than you were hoping for. But at the end of the day, they're doing amazing things. They're stealing a lot of bases. They're just, they're a very fun team. They're a very exciting team. And Christian Walker is doing great things. 89% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, despite being a top 85 player. I know it's a small percentage, but you know people should probably look into seeing if he's an upgrade over who they have if you are in one of those shallower leagues, because there's a decent chance that he is. Uh, let's move on, though, to number nine, and that's Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor has been just ridiculous recently. Over the last month, he's batting 400. He's got 12 runs, 22 ribbies, only a couple of home runs in that time frame, uh, but also a stolen base. But 400 he's batting over the last month, 477 over the last two weeks. For the season, eight homers, 48 RBIs, four steals, and a 286 batting average. He's incredible. Josh Naylor is one of my absolute favorite players. Again, kind of the Canadian bias, but he's also just really damn good. I know Cleveland's been kind of disappointing offensively, but he has been a huge, huge bright spot. Over the last month, he's a top 35 player. For the course of the season, he's a top 100 player, and I think that he is not really getting the love that he should, especially because in some formats, he's got first base and outfield eligibility. That kind of dual eligibility is very nice. Having to go from the infield to the outfield, it definitely does come in handy. You know, something that's kind of been concerning with him, especially last year, was the lack of runs. But he's already got 23. He had only 47 last year. You're probably going to see him go for like 50 somewhat to 60 this year to go along with probably what should be a much higher RBI total than last year if he keeps up this pace, which is probably not going to keep up to this extent. But he's already got 48 RBIs less than halfway through the season. you got to think he's going to end up with somewhere in the 90 range to go along with what might end up being like close to 10 steals. He's already got four. So you got to really love what you're seeing uh, out of Josh Naylor. I got no problem ranking him where I do. 
or where I did, I should say. I had him number 20 before the season. That was definitely a little bit too low, uh, but number nine right now. Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer has been a huge surprise. He, he is number 10 for me. He's been awesome. Like To this point of the season, I, I would never have expected him to be as good as he has been. If you're looking at rankings, he is uh, 98th, according to Yahoo. He's got eight homers. He's got five stolen bases, a 278 batting average, 35 runs, 36 RBIs. He was unranked for me before the season. I did not even have him in my rankings, which I did up to the top 33 or something like that. Uh, he is not somebody that I had ranked, but he has been just incredible. Another piece of that just really, really exciting young Reds team. He's batting fifth, fourth sometimes, usually fifth, though, and he's doing really exciting things, first and third base eligibility. I I, I should have had him ranked before the season. I didn't expect this kind of production out of him where you're going to be looking at maybe close to 20 home runs to go along with double-digit steals and a really solid batting average. And In this lineup, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for – you know, 75 and 75 in terms of runs and RBI. So, yeah, very comfortable ranking him as number 10. And you could maybe even argue that he should be ahead of Josh Naylor because of the way that that lineup is just looking so exciting where you're not really seeing that kind of excitement with Cleveland. But with Cincinnati, I mean, they're 33 and 35, which isn't terribly exciting. But they're fifth and on base percentage. They're 12th in hits, 12th in runs. You know, they're they're exciting enough where they could make some noise potentially, especially with L.A. De La Cruz now added to that mix. Encarnacion Strand probably not far behind. There's a lot of excitement to be had, especially with Spencer Steer being right in the middle of that lineup. Some people worry about him losing playing time, but the way that he's been performing over the last month, he's batting 327. He's a top 20 fantasy player. I know that doesn't translate necessarily to real life, but when you're that hot, it's really hard to take that kind of bat out of the lineup. I really like him, happily have him here at number 10. Number 11, Ty France. Ty France is doing, again, for like a lot of guys we've talked about, pretty much exactly what you were expecting. He's hitting for a pretty high batting average, not a lot of stolen bases. He's only got one. Uh, not a huge power hitter either. He had 20 last season. He's got six at this point on the season right now, and he's doing pretty well, considering especially that that Mariners offense has been really disappointing. <clears throat> you have to think that there's going to be some more positive regression for them because, again, of the talent that they've got going on. They've been brutal. They're 14th in runs, which is their best offensive category there. They're 24th in hits, 25th in batting average, 23rd in on-base percentage, 24th in OPS. They've just really been underperforming. But you've got to think over the course of the whole season, you're going to see, you know, we've already seen a bit better from Julio. You're going to see, like, you know, we mentioned Ty France, Teoscar Hernandez, Suarez, you know, Kellenick. They got a lot of guys, you know, Cal, Cal Raleigh as well. They got a lot of guys who should be able to produce a lot better than the 500 team that they are at this point of the season. So I think in that lineup where Ty France is consistently batting third, I think he sometimes bats second. There's really a lot to like. There's really a lot to go on there. Even if you're not talking about a guy who is a five-category guy necessarily, he could still sneak in maybe close to 20 homers, probably more likely like 16 to 18 to go along with good amount of runs, good amount of ribbies, and he's going to give you the high batting average that you're not seeing out of a hell of a lot of guys at first base. And he's also got third base eligibility as well. Not that that factors into this necessarily, but he is still somebody that has a hell of a lot of fantasy value. So he is number 11 in my first base rankings. Before the season, Ty France was number 18 for me. I was admittedly a little bit too low on him, probably because of the lack of stolen bases in my head. Uh, but I, I probably should have had him a little bit higher, but nonetheless, uh, he is number 11 for me right now. 
Number 12 is Jose Abreu. He was kind of a tricky one to rank, but I do think that we are going to start to see him turn it around. We already have to some extent over the last week. He's nine for his last 26, couple of bombs, seven ribbies, batting 346. That is what the batting average is. He's got four multi-hit games over the last week. He's just been really good. And of course, that was right when I cut him for my home league team. Ah, man, what a mistake that was. I should have held on to Jose Abreu. But regardless, at this point, it looks like things might be turning around a little bit for him, especially once that lineup gets fully healthy, once they get Jordan Alvarez back, which is not going to be terribly soon. Uh, They're saying it might be, you know, six weeks, eight weeks potentially for him. I believe they said like end of August is what they were expecting. Or I I believe that's what the news was. Let me just double check that quickly, actually, because I couldn't remember the exact date that they said. Um, likely out an additional four weeks. So uh, it might not be a while, or it might be a while until we see Jordan Alvarez back, but regardless, we're still talking about one of the best lineups in all of baseball, and we're talking about somebody who I think is still going to get at-bats, especially because of the name brand value. He's only a couple of years removed from being an MVP. He's just gotten there. He's just signed there. You know, I don't expect him to be somebody who they you know, lose, who loses playing time, I should say, uh, I think he's still going to be somebody who produces batting in the middle of that lineup, either fifth or sixth in that order. I think there's a hell of a lot of value in Jose Abreu, so he is number 12. Uh, I'll just recap both of these lists real quick. So let's go back to catcher. Number one, Dalton Varsho. Number two, JT Real Muto. Number three, Will Smith. Number four, Sean Murphy. Number five, Adley Rutschman. Number six, Francisco Alvarez. Number seven, Sal Perez. Number eight, Tyler Stevenson. Number nine, Jonah Heim. Number 10, Alejandro Kirk, 11, Wilson Contreras, and then number 12 is MJ Melendez. If we go up to first base, number one is Freddie Freeman, number two, Paul Goldschmidt, number three, Pete Alonso, number four, Vlad Guerrero Jr., number five, Matt Olson, number six, Yandy Diaz, number seven, Nathaniel Lowe, number eight, Christian Walker, number nine, Josh Naylor, number 10, Spencer Steer, 11, Ty France, and 12, Jose Abreu. Guys, that's going to do it for me. Tomorrow, we are going to do second base and third base, and we're going to talk about something that a lot of people were not very happy about. If you go and look at the tweet that I sent out with my third base rankings, you will probably see in the replies what I'm talking about. We will get to that tomorrow. But until then, guys, hope you have a great night. Take care. Enjoy some baseball. And cheers. We'll see you tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.